Hello, listeners. I always, you know, I usually want to say, like, good afternoon, or but then I realize that that has no meaning anymore. <laughs> the time of day has no meaning anymore. Well, it's afternoon where we are, but where, where we both are, but I don't know where our listeners are. So, anyway, hello. Um, it is Trish Lambert and the incomparable Laura Burkholt. Hello. Hello, Laura. Doing another Riddles in the Dark Digest for our listeners and fans. Um, today we are doing uh, the Riddle, the, we're d- dealing with Riddle uh, 2.06, which is our first foray into Lake Town and talking about specifically about Bard. Um, and let me just say what the riddle is and then we're going to just jump right into it, okay? Okay. Um, the riddle is what is Bard's relationship with the company going to be when they're in Lake Town? A is he has no presence or only a cameo role, which is the closest to a book answer because we don't even see him in the book when they first get to Lake Town. Mm-hmm. B, he supports them openly. C, he supports them but secretly. D, he openly opposes them. E, he works against them secretly. Now, we've had uh, – there have been a number of questions from, from the Riddles in the Dark Facebook page folks. You know, what if it's this? You know, what if he does this and what if that? You know, which would this fall under? <laughs> There's been a little bit of like, why well, I don't understand. You know, people have been a little bit uh, confused about these these choices. I think. I mean, I think A is pretty obvious. We just don't see him, or there's a cameo role, um, which basically is there simply to be the closest to the book answer because we do know that we're going to see him uh, based on Peter Jack's you know sneak peek. Um, in fact, we're going to see more of him than, than Tolkien even wrote in. Um, but uh, this whole thing about how does he support them or oppose them, um, I think it really has to do with, first of all, is he going to support, you know, does, does he support the dwarves? Does he, does he, you know, is he behind the dwarves on their quest? Does he mm-hmm. support them and, you know, get behind you, yes. um, help you? And then the other is, uh, does he do it secretly or openly, which kind of brings it into something that we haven't yet talked about in a Riddles in the Dark Digest that I know, I mean, not Riddles in the Dark Digest, Riddles the dark podcast, which I know Dave wants to talk about, which is a sort of sociopolitical climate in Lake Town. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, the openly or secretly, I think, has to do with you know the, the the sort of the reigning power, which would of course be the master of Lake Town. You know, is he is he for or against the master of Lake Town, which almost kind of then determines whether he's going to be open or secret in his support of dwarves, mainly because I think we can safely assume, I hope, that the master's not really that. You know. Add much in support of the dwarves in their quest. I mean, he's kind of uh, threatened by the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, the master, he kind of, he kind of just wants them. Um, he kind of wants them out of town, doesn't he? Yeah, you know? he does. <laughs> and the fact that they make a big deal in the book, especially, you know, they do, they party, they party down. I mean, when they mm-hmm. find out it's Thora, they're singing in the streets, and there's, oh, you know, sure. beasts yeah, yeah. Master's not happy about that. He's feeling very threatened by the whole situation. Yeah, well, I think he, I think he thinks it's a fool's errand, and he, um, you know, but he's more than happy to sort of support them just to be popular. But right, is thinking, yeah, well, the dragon's going to kill him. So, <laughs> right, so, right. Yeah. Now, I don't know what Jeff is going to do with that. I mean, in fact, like I said, we haven't really talked about it. Riddles of the dark. So, and I know that Dave wants to. So, at some point, okay. you and I are going to be so we will, just on the yeah. Larger. We will a save that topic. Yeah. conversation for another I, time. I'm, I'm betting that the master's going to get much more uh, drawn in detail by Jackson. Yeah, I think he's going to be pretty devious is, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. But now, Bard, you know, I mean, I, I when I saw Jackson's sneak preview, uh, you know, Bard is the one at the tiller when it looks – I think it's, you know, when I, I gather it was in the boat, there were barrels in the 
boat. Everybody's be braggled and, you know, Bilbo's bitching about that he should never have come east kind of thing. And my impression then is that, that, that it's actually Bard that fishes, fishes them out of the river when they're mm-hmm. in the barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, so we meet him, you know, early on, and he's really the one that takes them into Lake Town. Yeah. And then we see him doing all the sort of James Bondy, Robin Hoodie kind of things, you know, running around. And, and Jackson says that, you know, he actually says we want to make Bart kind of an enigmatic character yes. um, in movie two. And you kind of get, you see him sort of doing all these gymnastic things around Lake Town. So, you know, young, I, he's, I'm wondering, well, actually, I'm the one that brought it up. And I, I know a couple of the listeners said it was Zorro. You know, he made me think of Zorro. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, champion, cool. champion of the downtrodden yeah. kind of thing, you know. Um, so uh, I can't see. And so, yeah, so then it's like, and then we also see a scene where he's in this town square, I think at the same time that the dwarfs are declaring themselves. And the soldiers of Lake Town are like, have have created a ring, have formed a ring around the dwarves, and I think Bart is actually standing inside the ring, like inside where the dwarves. Ah, oh, okay. But other than that, you know, we, did, we didn't see any dialogue or anything at that point. I think that's the point where the master's up in his little balcony, you know, doing things. So I don't know. You know, we know he's a good guy. I mean, we know from the book mm-hmm. he's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but we, but I think the other thing that we kind of talked about too is, you know, is his lineage going to even be. Uh, Mentioned for two, you know, and are we going to know? Oh, yeah, I bet it will. I bet it will because that'll set him up kind of as the hero, you know, sort of a little bit like a little bit like Strider was in the first movie. Right. You know, here's this guy with this incredible lineage, but he doesn't really have a place other than as sort of a, you know, on the fringes, a little bit like Strider was. So. Um, yeah, I Which, think I think that's also, reasonable I think, for them you know, to do. It would frustrate him because you know, um, uh, yeah, because he feels you know, like his, his rightful place in, is... in Lake Town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you know that also gives him and Thorin, I would think, some common ground uh, as yeah, well. You know that he would have empathy then for the dwarves. The quest. Now, I I said C to the question. Okay. Um, I said support them in secretly, and I think the reason that I kind of did that was because of all this kind of furtive jumping around. <laughs> Saw him doing it saw? in Jackson's yeah. preview. Yeah, that yep. you know that he's not gonna he's not gonna openly declare because somebody said I think you may have asked me or somebody asked me you know if he's supporting them openly does that mean he's actually like broadcasting out you know in front of everybody and yeah basically you know like like in that scene where he's in the ring with them that he's you know advocating openly for them uh, would be him supporting them openly now frankly. Yeah, I could see that as well, but I do think he supports them. It's just a question of whether he does it or not. Uh, okay. I mean, let's talk about you. Did you? Um, you oh, know, you did answer. The I answer, thought yes. I think he's going to oppose them because I think he thinks that it's going to be a disaster, and I think he's okay. going to have an idea that it's just it's just a uh, you know he. I think he's he's obviously going to want to get rid of the dragon, but I think he's going to look at thirteen dwarves in a hobbit and say you're crazy you know what are you doing <laughs> and it's it's uh you know he's he's gonna think that it's just gonna stir up trouble i think that's that's my idea i think he he's probably not gonna oppose the dwarves as people you know i think he might offer them an alternative suggestion you know why don't you settle here but you know going after the dragon how in the world are you going to go after the dragon right right so that's right, why I think right. he's going to oppose them. I think he's got enough common sense that he's going to try to talk them out of talk them out of it, out of doing yeah. it, but in a different way than the master of Lake Town. The master of Lake Town right. is not going to try to talk them out of it. He's just going to secretly, 
you know, privately think, oh, what an, a crazy thing to do. But if you want to go die, go ahead, you know. So <laughs> just get out of my town. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you're, you're taking the you're, – you're certainly taking the unique view, I think. Yeah, I don't think anybody analyst. agreed That's with me. See, I haven't seen – I have not seen Peter Jackson's preview. So I didn't see all that stuff. But – I don't think it completely goes against what we've seen because, you know, even though no, he's, I don't picking, think he's picking them up and he's bringing them into Lake Town, they won't have told him what they're doing yet. He may just think they're on their way to right, see sure. Dane. Um, right. So, but I think right. once he hears, oh, they're going to go and they're going to try to fight the dragon, he's going to say, no, you are, yeah. are crazy. You can't do it. Don't go. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a suicide so. errand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I think right, I, I think we are going to see uh, Bard talking about Dale and talking about, you know, um, the glorious town of Dale, just so we get a sense of his right. possible future as the King of Dale. So, so that it won't be a sudden surprise. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, right. yeah. So another king without a country kind of. Yeah. Of, yeah. Without a kingdom kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, let's see what Mark Fisher has to say. Good old Mark, you know, sent us his little um, write-up on it. So he says, you know, what is Bard's relationship with the company going to be when they were in Lake Town? I'm going to take a slightly different angle on the boat scene here, which is a bit of a gamble since I can't find a really clear image anywhere on the web, he says. <laughs> Rather than showing Bard sailing the doors into Lake Town, I'm going on the assumption that they're actually leaving and that Bard is steering the boat on its way to the ruins of Dale. Interesting. That would make some sense if anyone from Lake Town would take on that job. It would be the heir of Gurion. Gurion, I think I'm saying that right. At least it seems plausible that he'd be ready to make the journey while most of the lake men would want to stay behind. If that's right, and it's as big an if as usual, then it seems inevitable that he must be openly helping the dwarves. So that's a B answer. That's, that's okay. still another take. So, you know, he's, th- he's thinking, okay, well, maybe the boat trip is uh, is uh, going away from, from Lake mm-hmm. Town. I don't, I don't think it is well, because, like I said, it wouldn't you know, be so bedraggled. No, because they're really bedraggled, and Keeley's got a wound that, that, that Bilbo refers to, and you know, so you definitely get the impression it's happy, you know. Yeah, it's but like Mark says, she didn't see the actual right, right. footage, she just saw a picture. Right, right. Now, we also have Scott, Scott Holbrook Faust has given us an answer, and he's written a little, uh, little bit. Scott had to catch up, um, but he, bless his heart, he's caught up uh, with answers. So he he's also answered C, which is something that Trish and uh, – Trish, I'm Trish, me, that, I, that Dave and I both said. But he, he says C, but not for the reasons cited by Dave and I, um, or me, Dave and me. Uh, <laughs> I don't, he says, I don't particularly think that there's a lot of cause to suspect him as a vigilante, Robin Hood-esque, Aladdin-type character – I feel like there won't be nearly enough time to build him up as that much of a roguish outcast and yet have a complete turnaround once the dragon is dead. Rather, I think his role will be one of a fairly unpopular loner who tends to be rather introverted and pessimistic, but nonetheless wise, insightful, and not a little opportunistic. Unlike Corey, I don't see him as making mystical prophecies of doom from street corners, as fun as that might be. Rather, he's just a smart, pragmatic downer with a minimum of charisma. (laughs) I do find it interesting. I do find it interesting as well that they've cast his son Bane, so presumably we're going to get at least a glimpse of the Bardic family life. I wouldn't be at all surprised to find him being influenced by an invented and hitherto unnamed Mrs. Bard. I doubt Dolly Girl will be brought up again. Sorry. I know Yana is really into this doll, you know, the doll yes, we see. Yes, we'll the... hear about that later, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, well, that's right. We will hear about it later, yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 
So that's a C from Scott. Now, as far as um, our other folks, as we said, just to review, um, Corey had said B, uh, which is uh, supporting them, but openly, right? Am I got mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. Flip back. Dave and I and, and Scott said uh, C. Laura said D. Mark and Arwen Kester from Middle Earth News also said B. So they're in the Corey camp. I'll move my grid here. Um, oh, gosh. See, now when I do the grid thing, it moves all the way to the end, so I can't see everybody. Wait a minute. Stick with me here for a second because I don't want to leave anybody out. Let's see, do we have any? And we don't have American Golden Star. We don't have answers from yet. Yeah, really? Not yet, but Lillian and Lorio, the Warriors of Westfold, they um, say B. And actually, the the most popular answer on our Facebook page, the Riddles in the Dark Facebook page, is also B. So B seems to be the Yeah, so I'm like the only D. Well, that's okay, because if it's that, then I'll... Yeah, that's right. You'll clean up. (laughs) So now I'll turn it over to you. What do our our Facebook and and Mythgardia Institute site folks have to say? Well, Joanne Redeker says, I like the Robin Hood comparison. That's actually Yana. That's Yana. Yana. Oh, I'm sorry. Yana. Yana, yes. This is our dolly boy here. Okay. (laughs) I like the Robin Hood comparison, but I like the Zorro one even more. The old Disney Zorro was one of my favorite series growing up, and the kind of athletic, stealthy vigilante could work well for Bard. At least that's what I think. But my favorite part of the episode must be the title, especially since our family dog is named Dolly. It still cracks me up. My answer is C, though I'm not very confident about this one. I still think he could support them openly as well, but that he would actually oppose them seems to me pretty unlikely. Oh, and on the little girl, unless it's specifically stated on screen that she's not Bard's ancestor, I'm going to stubbornly believe that she is, the same way as I still believe that a moth that comes to Orthanc was sent by Radagast. I'm good at deluding myself in these sorts of things. It helps me to enjoy these movies more. Of course, if she does turn out to be related and it's made definite, I won't be able to restrain restrain myself in cheering. (laughs) Theater, I hope they just won't kick me out for it. So, to give and, a little background on this, Yana came up with the idea that the dolly, that the, the the dolly that was burning in the in the beginning of movie one, and the little girl looking at it, is is Bard's like great great grandmother, and that somehow. Yeah. So the reason this is called Vengeance for My Dolly is because during the episode we were making we were joking around about this because Yana was was on the broadcast. So he has a, a dream, huh? And that the so case. Bard is you know that, that his grandmother gives him the dolly and says you must you know avenge our family <laughs> yeah well sh- you know wouldn't that have happened way thing? too long ago for him well, no, to- we, were, we were figuring we were figuring this out actually and if you, i think it was was it 60 years previous i thought so, the, the battle of as an as an oh my goodness as an happened as 100 an years before as yeah, but, but the dragon taking over dale was the deal. So it was. It's a little dolly was burning when the dragon took over Erebor. But that would have been even like before the battle of. Oh right. Yeah. Well now, but, so, but anyway. it depends on how. You, so you're talking about Jackson's timeline or Tolkien's timeline? Well, that's so. true. That's true. We've got two different yeah. timelines going on. Yeah. But I think. Yeah. I think you know. I wonder if. I really don't think that's going to happen. 
I think that scene was just in there for effect, and I don't think we're going to see the Dolly Girl. But let me tell you yeah, what Kate I... Nichols says. She says, during the podcast, I joked about the former Dolly woman appearing to give Bard a black arrow and tell him he is Geryon's heir. But I have another idea. I think it would be more interesting if Bard knew who he was but had given up any idea of going back to Dale. But when Thorin appears and his passion inspires Bard, who offers to go with them, Thorin turns him down, which is the beginning of Bilbo's unease about Thorin's ambitions, and establishes a Bilbo-Bard relationship, which will come into play with the Arkenstone later. So I pick C. Hmm. Oh. That's very interesting. You know, I had... That is very I, I can kind of see that. I can, you know, I think if Bard is going to support them, I think it's going to be something like that, where he talks to Thorin and Thorin starts him dreaming, you know, on this. But, you know, at least in the book, when the dragon shows up, Bard is is more like, well, I knew this was going to happen, you know. Yeah, <laughs> That's why I think yeah. he's going to oppose them. But Yeah. Okay. Well, let me go on. Uh, Adam Parsons. I think it's F. He has a larger role, but his attitude <laughs> is either for or against. I think he'll help them, but it won't be a big thing. I think Han Solo and Mal Reynolds, we won't see any true allegiance until film three. Now, I don't get Han Solo I don't and get Mal Reynolds. Who's Mal Reynolds? Because that's, Mal Reynolds is, uh, is Firefly. Isn't Mal Reynolds Captain Mal on Firefly? Well, I mean, know, I don't get I, am, I have seen Fire, one episode Wars of Firefly. Firefly, so, you know, people can start <laughs> sending me emails about so that. Adam, but. Uh, I can see I see that because Han Solo was sort of you know playing both sides a little bit until he. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I get that part, but I don't get the Mel Reynolds part. There was no three yeah. film deal in anyway. All right. So anyway, I understand. But okay. how do I answer this from ADE? Help! I'm going to go for B or C, but I think it'll be a little more hidden and vague than that. So okay. All right. So Dennis, and this is from the Mythgard page. The answer is B, and here's why. The dwarves wash up with little more than the clothes on their back. Even if they are not given 14 ponies, chances are they'll need to be resupplied. I doubt Bard would have the resources to do that, so the chances of them secretly doing so are slim. Instead, the master, being a political being motivated by his own interests, will probably consider alerting his allies, the elves. I expect he will be convinced otherwise by the populace, and he will grudgingly provision them and send them on their way, perhaps also alerting the elves on the sly. Bard may pay, play a role in convincing the master to do this, and will thus openly support the company, but will not be the one to provision them. I just do not see any feasible way of the dwarves getting the support in secret. How do they get away with provisions, ponies, etc.? The resupplying must be in the open, and if they and if they did, they would be tracked. No, they leave with official support of the town. I also fully expect the character of Bard to be introduced whilst that lake down. Having a heroic monster slayer appear out of the blue just won't work. And finally, the snow is probably a device for Balin to say to Thorin, Look, buddy, we've got to keep going. It's almost Durin's day. There will be, it will be there just to allow one of the characters to remind us that they have an important rendezvous. The clock is ticking, and the audience may need a reminder is all. I think that I think that could be true about the snow. I, um, there was that. Mm-hmm. I've seen pictures of the snow and people saying, "Why is there snow in Lake Town?" But that that makes sense. 
So, I, you know, I think I think about Just the remind us of the season, what season it is. Yeah, I, I think the master will be doing the resupplying, and you know, Bard may be helping with other things. Well, here's yeah. another thing that I think is interesting. I mean, why should we assume that they're going to have ponies? This is one of the things that I think all of us have to be careful about when we're talking about the movie versus the book. Yes, in yes. the book they had ponies, but it doesn't mean that they're going to have ponies in the movie. <laughs> That's true. You know, you know that, that we have to kind of keep catching ourselves on making some assu- certain assumptions because the things are a lot better. Maybe yeah. they'll have rabbits to carry. Well, and in fact, <laughs> I think I do. I think I do recall, unless I dreamed this, that they do take off from Lake Town in a boat. Oh, okay. Now, did they do yeah. that in the in the book? I can't remember. I don't, you know. So, and I, I don't remember they, seeing ponies. So, yeah, I I think they um may have just gotten a ride to shore, but I don't think they would have. They went very far on the boat. They they yeah they had ponies. So um, and I do yeah, you're you're right. They don't need. About the dragon heavy, there's they, no need for them to have ponies. So, so we. So you know, I just think that. we need to be careful on what we assume. Jackson is going to automatically be putting into the to the movies, you know, the yeah. book, especially details like that. You know, you got to think, well, are, are ponies going to be absolutely essential to the story of the movie? Probably not, you know. Yes. Um, so why so have them in there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, and then Marie says, I answered A, mostly because I'm not convinced of any of the, that any of the others fit. I think Bard is too skeptical of the doors' ability to succeed to support them openly or secretly. On the other hand, I do not think he will oppose them either. He may, as a curmudgeon, but basically good guy, help them into Lake Town, but leave them to their own devices. I think the expression, good luck with that, you fools, thrown out by the professor, I believe, will best sum up his attitude. I agree with Dennis on the master's role, but not so much Bard's. So, yeah. And then Matt says, I'm thinking there will be an element of political intrigue in Lake Town. At some point, the corrupt master took control of the town away from the rightful ruling family. Because his family was deposed, Bard is an outcast and actively ridiculed by the master and his followers. This smear campaign by the master could explain why he seems like a bit of a crackpot that everybody ignores. Maybe people are even afraid to listen to him for fear of retribution from the master. I can see the master being a less deranged, more corrupt version of Denethor and the stewards of Gondor from the film. The stewards only have power because the king hasn't returned, and many even question the continued existence of the royal line. Similarly, because maybe the master only has power and political support, because nobody believes the prophecy that the king of the dwarves will return. Possibly it is even illegal to bring dwarves into the town. (laughs) The return of dwarves to the town could lead people to believe in the prophecy and barge soapbox ramblings again. So that's well, there is that there is a thing. scene, you know, in, in, in Jax's preview where his servant comes in, you know, the master's in bed, and he comes in and says, some dwarves came into town, and, and Fry jumps out of bed and says, dwarves, I didn't give you, you know, I didn't, you know, consent for dwarves to come into town. <laughs> so, you know, I could kind of see. Well, that, that could know, be. It's, it's, it's he, conceivable. He's such a bureaucrat that he has to have consent for anybody unusual to come into town. It wouldn't necessarily have to be dwarves, you know. So it could be just a humorous yeah. thing, you know. Oh, I didn't, I didn't approve this. So. Okay, well, that, well that's that's this is, you know, this is actually stuff. bringing up a lot yeah. more uh, angles, yeah, than, than I really. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys do yeah. talk about it on on the regular digest. That's uh, yeah, that's I know Dave. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 
Um, I mean, I'd be curious to hear what David Koresh had to say about the mm-hmm. sociopolitical situation. Yeah, that would be that would be really interesting to to speculate on. So, okay, and Adam. I thought they had addressed the issue with a hundred years ago sort of line in Bilbo's monologue, but perhaps I misremember, misremember. I did certainly assume that they were making Erebor's fall a long time ago, 50 to 100 years, not 20 to 30 years. Perhaps he is deliberately vague about it, which is the beauty of a film like that. I certainly assumed Thorne was old, but had just aged well, thanks to his noble lineage, as part of Durin's line. So he's talking about the the you know how long ago did all this happen right. because if it's 100 right. years ago then then bard's royal lineage wouldn't be as big an issue as if it just happened 20 to 30 years ago so right. and then you know the the um the girl with the doll you know if it happened 100 years ago she probably is not bard's grandmother she probably would not be alive still so well we joked around about her being his great great grandmother, you know, where it's this it's this tradition that's you know gone from father yeah. to son or whatever, you know. Maybe I she'll appear. I, I, I personally think it's out. I don't, you know, I I don't really take that silly. I mean, when you yeah. I think that's uh, that may be departing a little too far from. Nobody's going to remember her that that Tully yeah. burning, yeah, and she, I think it was just vignettes. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not like you know, it's not like a smoking gun. Okay, it's a smoking doll, but it's not. <laughs> You know, and unless they do some kind of a flashback to Dale at the time that the dragon first entered to talk about the ruling family, because you know, we didn't see any of that. In, no, we, we didn't. didn't see anything to do with Ben at all. No. Um, unless they do some kind of a flashback, you know, just explain it. I, I don't know. That's yeah. kind of an interesting one, too. I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. How they deal with so then he goes on um, okay. on the subject of Dwalin's baldness, which did you talk about that, I assume? I don't remember yeah. that. We laugh about oh, the fact yes, that because he's, got he's more bald. Yeah, so that would be the passage of time. Yeah. It says, don't forget, according to Tolkien dwarves, uh, according to Tolkien, dwarves do not suffer from baldness. So, in fact, Wallen might have just shaved it off and had tattoos done, which put him a few scars and a bit of gray off looking exactly the same. P.S. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bard is totally... Yes, Bard is totally going to be the lost heir of Dale. He's got that Aragorn vibe of a rough-looking vagrant. All that glitters is not gold. Yeah, I think I think they could do that without departing too far from the book. So I think they're going to. I think they're going yeah. to do that. So, all right. Yeah, and I think you know. So I think Bard is actually going to be kind of the new, you know, a new, uh, you know, one of the protagonists of movie two. You know, he'll be. Yes, like I the, think so. I think he'll be a. a Kind of like Theoden was the protagonist of Two Towers, you know what I mean? Kind of that side, sort of side stories thing. Yeah, yeah I think they're going to bring him out. So, um, And I wonder how much he'll have to do with the orcs. That's that's the other thing I kind of wonder. You know, is Bard going to be running up against these orcs that are following the doors? God, or... I hope not. Because, geez, you know, so far we got everybody. You know, Bjorn's got a thing. He's going to torture a dwarf. We've seen a scene with Tauriel, you know, interrogating an orc. Did I say dwarf? I meant orc. Um, so I hope to God we get a break from the dwarves when we're laid down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope so too. I hope. So. I hope they don't. Uh, maybe maybe Azog gets siphoned off to Dol Guldur because the battle's happening or something. Yeah. You know, maybe we get a little bit of a break, or we'll, we'll see the we'll orcs bard, over in Dol. Yeah, I, I think in the Battle of Five Armies, Bard will do something heroic. Oh sure. Oh yeah, but. definitely. I mean, they'll, yeah, they'll have to. Suggest. 
Well, that brings us to our conundrum for this week. Will Bard have a personal grudge against the master of Lake Town? For example, he cheated him out of his inheritance. So when we say this, this is not this is not like social outrage because the master is like a despot. Yeah. He's treating the people badly. That's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about something actually personal, familial. Yes. Right. He's got a per, like the master directly done him wrong. Yes. Yes. Right. I think absolutely. I think that okay. I think the master of Lake Town is yes. My answer is yes, um, and I think the master of Lake Town, from the way it's it's looking, and even the way he was portrayed in the book, you know, he's gonna have done something <laughs> that makes Bard mad. You know, he's master of Lake Town is not gonna like Bard. He's gonna see right. Bard as a threat. He is right. he is not the kind of guy to just let things lie. So I think the master is going to have done something you know i don't know exactly what it was whether he just you know is is afraid of him and so refuses to appoint him to any positions or you know is always working against him secretly or if he openly is um you know speaking out against bard and pushing bard to the edges of the um to the fringes of society i'm not sure exactly what but i think i think they will he will have a personal grudge against the master. So, but, but so, it'll, so Bard will voice this. He'll he'll specifically refer to. Him. Yes. Yes. I, mean, I think so. He'll, he'll make it very clear that he's got something. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say no on this. I, mean, oh, I do okay. think that Bard will have. Well, yeah. This is. We always have. You know. Contrast. God okay. forbid. We should always be the same, right? Um. I do think that he won't like the master. I mean, I do think that he's going to be like a rebel. You know, in, whether he's overt or covert about, it, I think he's going to be a rebel. You know, kind of the Zorro character. But I, I, I think, I think it, there, it, it's going to be more in the sense of social outrage. You know, mm-hmm. and the Bard as a champion of the people. You know, Robin Hood kind of yeah. thing. Well, I guess actually Robin Hood. I guess the sheriff did do something to him directly. But, um, but I think he's going to be more like you know, a, like a you know superhero kind of you know good of the people, but not necessarily because there's a personal you know that the master does something personal. Okay. So we'll yeah. see how this turns we'll out. See. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll see. Lots okay, of interesting good. stuff. So. Well, that's great. Well, right. on we're going to oh, talk about Miss Con and Miss Mooch. Shall we do that? Yeah, let's bit? talk about our, our myth, the myth gatherings. So Miss Con is yeah. coming up next month, and it is going to be in East Lansing, Michigan. Um, and Trisha and I will both be there. Now, Trisha, you're offering a paper. I'm just going to be there uh, as, a, as an attendee. But it's a fun gathering. It's, uh, you know, a, a mixture of academia, academics and, and fun stuff. So I would encourage everybody who's who's in the area yeah, or interested Ms. to to come. MythCon 44. Uh, yep. It's, they've got a site. You can look and see what's going on. And it yep. takes place. Uh, I think the main sessions are Saturday and Sunday. I think yes. there's something Friday nights. Yes, um, and so. Monday morning. And, uh, yeah, like Laura said, and Monday morning. Okay. And then, and like Laura said, you know, there's some entertainment stuff going on. And, and also, in addition to me, there's like at least two other myth girls that I know that are going to be presenting. Laura Lee Smith and Chris Swank are presenting, I know. And yes, I think one of the right. guys is too. I can't remember his. Uh, uh, so, yes, Andrew? Now, I don't know if Andrew is or not. But I know there's somebody I think local. I'm trying to remember okay. who it was that said who's going well, to be. Well, and also, and and it's put on by the Mythopoeic Society. And Corey's right. book is nominated as one That's of right. as a the outstanding Inklings study. Inkling studies, yeah, along with Dr. Flieger's book. That's right, Dr. Flieger as well. So. <laughs> so we have two of our books. That's right. That's right. So yes, and we're, and you and I are going to try and do a little bit of live uh, broadcasting. 
can, right? From, from yes, I think, I think. I think. might even try to do live live, you know. I might ask Corey if, if we could use the myth mood or maybe he'll use yeah, I, I think we might try to uh, maybe interview a couple interesting people that we find there, um, and uh, you know, do some do some live broadcasting from the bar. That's always fun. Yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. So I want to bring everybody up to date on on Myth Mood. I mean, bringing up to date this sort of like put that in in like you know apostrophe. I mean, in quotation marks. <laughs> Because we're still in the planning phase, but I did want people to know that there will be a Myth Mood 2, um, MythGuard Institute's Myth Mood, and it will be the weekend that the uh, second Hobbit movie gets released, which is uh, December 13th. That's on a Friday, December 13th. Um, it'll be that weekend, so it's the 14th and 15th of December. Um, it'll be in the same place. Uh, it's it's at, uh, It'll be at well, – well, watch the movie. There's a Cinebark movie. Uh, it's in – basically, the airport is Baltimore, Washington Airport. And the Marriott is the airport Marriott, which is very close to the airport. In fact, you know, if, if people come in, you can they have a shuttle that will get to the hotel. And, and uh, the, the theater is also very close by. And, and um, we'll be doing what we did – well, we'll be doing what we did last year, but with a little bit of a difference. We're going to be uh, moving ourselves a little bit closer to an academic track. We're going to actually have a call for papers coming out. And I, I don't want that to daunt anyone because we will still stay very much of a fan base, you know, like – Laura was just saying about MythCon, you know, there's some scholarship and there's also, you know, good old fan activities. Sure. And, but we're, we're adding the track. So this year, instead of having sort of like panel, you know, moderated by the preceptors of MythGuard, we're actually going to have, we're inviting folks to come and present papers on a lot of different things. In fact, Laura and I were talking before we started the podcast today, you know, of having, you know, I'd love to see a track on like video games, you know, like yeah. Lord of the Rings Online and, and yep. you know, War of the North and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I'd probably moderate so, that uh, since I'm a big Lotro player. Because so. you're a big Lotro person, yeah. So uh, we're working on getting all that stuff together, and there will be plenty of notice for that kind of thing. Um, and we'll keep you guys uh, you know, posted. But I did want to make sure that everybody knows that it is that weekend, the 14th and 15th of December, in the Baltimore area, very close to Baltimore Washington Airport. So if you're in the area or you can fly in, and I think this year, again, we're going to have folks coming in from all different directions. I'm coming from Texas. I think mm-hmm. he may, again, is coming from Alaska. We may even be able to talk Penny from New Zealand into coming. So, oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, and it should be fine. And we're, and we're working on getting, you know, some, uh, even more folks, you know, coming for like VIP guests and musicians and all that kind of good stuff. So it should be another fun weekend. And yeah. of course, Corey, you know, Corey by himself is always good. And oh, I yeah. believe Dave Kale is planning to attend as is Laura Burkholz. So yes, I am. All the way from Wisconsin. <laughs> all the way from Wisconsin. So we'll have the four riddles in the darkers. That's You'll right. see us more than just our little anime pictures that I put up. That's <laughs> right. That's right. You see how accurate Trish was. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, so that'll be fun. All right. Well, anyway, so let's wind her down. Another Riddles of the Dark Digest in the can. And, uh, Laura, I'll let you take us out. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and Godspeed. <laughs>